If you're dreaming, God is speaking. And what better way to learn to interpret your dreams than the Breathing Underwater membership? This is a monthly subscription mentorship where you will have access to monthly live Zoom calls where we do live interpretations and learn to hone our skills together in community. You will also have access to a private Facebook group with weekly video teachings, and there's more. You will also have a one-on-one 60-minute coaching call with me every month, and all for less than the price of a single coaching session. Because it is my heart to walk alongside you and see you grow into all that God has for you. So sign up today, join the community. We would love to see you there. We were designed to hunger for the deep things of God, to thrive on faith and wonder, to seek out divine wisdom that defies human logic. We were designed to unlock the mysteries of God. This is Breathing Underwater. Hello. Hello, this is Margot from the Deep. <laughs> that sounded really creepy, and I really wasn't trying to sound creepy. I was trying to sound like I'm deep in the ocean. And now I'm sounding like Dory, trying to sound like the whale. <laughs> oh man, I cracked myself up. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 26 of Breathing Underwater. We are in our second episode in the deep series, hence me trying to do a deep voice. Fail. But hey, you never really know until you try, right? So I'm a risk taker. (laughs) For those of you who are new to the podcast, I'm not always this weird, like usually kind of weird, but that was really weird. And I promise we're going to talk about something awesome today. Maybe a little weird, yes, but awesome. Because God and the deep things of God are a little bit weird, at least according to our own human wisdom that we think is so high and mighty so often. But here on this podcast, we love going after the wisdom of God because it is really different than our wisdom. And as we expressed in the last episode I would say go back and listen to that briefly if you want a little idea of where we're going in the the series of the deep we're going to be talking about the different facets of the deep meaning the deep places of God the deep places of the spirit realm and the deep places of our soul and how they're different and how they overlap and how they are spoken about in our dreams and what parts of us they access our dreams access. So I'm really excited about it. Today is episode 26, like I said before, and I always start with the meaning of the number. And today is a really cool meaning for the number 26. I have never seen this before. I don't think I've ever looked up the meaning for 26, but the really the only solid interpretation that I found for the number 26 is that it means God, Yahweh. If we look at the Hebrew word Yahweh, which is represented by a big capital Y, capital H, capital W, capital H, you've probably seen this. In the Hebrew alphabet, every letter has a value, like a numeric value. And when you add up the numbers for the letters of Yahweh, it's 10 
plus 5 plus 6 plus 5 again, and that equals 26. And this is actually widely believed to be the profound meaning of 26 is that it's Yahweh, God Yahweh. And also, if we look at our English alphabet, and if we were to give every letter a numeric value, 1 through 26, there's that 26 again, G, O, and D, the numeric value of those three letters would also add up to 26. What? And I also love to look up the meaning of the number in Strong's numbers. I usually just Google it, like strong number X, Y, and Z, and it'll give you the, the word that correlates with that number in either the Hebrew or the Greek, and it'll show you all the places in the Bible that you see that word translated that way. So I looked up Strong's number 26, and it means agape. Agape is the Greek word for love. I'm sure you've heard this before, agape love. I even like learned a song about agape, I think, when I was a little girl. And this word is all over the New Testament. It's 116 times it says that it is used in the New Testament. But most specifically, I saw it a lot in 1 John 4, where it's talking all about God is love. God is agape. Isn't that cool? So 26 represents God, Yahweh, and love. Hello, I am here with my friend Brandy Haskins. I just heard like an applause track in the background, you know, like they would use on a radio show. Because ah! <laughs> that's what I would give to you. She's sitting on my couch, sitting across from me because I have invited her to come to speak to us today. We're going to have a conversation about spiritual wisdom, the unseen realm, essentially. Mm-hmm. I met Brandy at a conference and we both go to the same church. She is very wise and well-spoken and is writing a book. Sorry, I just put you out there. <laughs> it's happening. Um, but she right now is also leading a Bible study on the book of Genesis that I'm a part of that is so amazing, which is a part of what sparked me to bring her on the podcast. I love Brandy. I'm just so happy to have her here. Will you just tell us about yourself, anything you want to tell us? that you think is poignant right now? Because I can brag on you more. But just <laughs> how would the listeners get to know you that you think is in, in an important way today? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's such an honor. And also, um, I love. I always think about the first time we met. I just remember thinking, I love this woman. Mm. Like, I was so attracted to just your kindness and your openness. And you, mm. you were so... Like some, some people, when they serve, they make it really obvious and you don't. Mm. And I was like, oh, I love this person. Mm. So the fact that we get to be friends is so fun outside of a conference. I agree. And also, I just for some reason have to say this. One of the first interactions we had, this wasn't the first, but one of the first ones was you and your propheticness <laughs> making me put your ring on my finger. Do you remember oh that gosh, moment? I didn't remember that until just uh, now. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, because she has this gorgeous ring. I mean, are those sapphires? Yep. Sapphires around the, yep. It's a big diamond that looks like a pillow cut. Am I botching that? Cushion. Tell me what it is. Cushion. Oh, yeah. You were right. It was close to that word. <laughs> 
And then two beautiful bands. With diamonds and sapphires. Well, okay, so <sighs> scripture tells us that um, our foundations are to be laid in sapphires. And my husband and I both come from broken families. And mm-hmm. so um, uh, he gave me a new ring on our 10th anniversary. And we knew that we wanted sapphires to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And so we kept the ring separate. So this is so funny. Right, currently, we have three children. And um, we kept the ring separate so that our girls could have the sapphires and diamonds mm-hmm. when they're teenagers. And God, you know, marks them and sets them apart. And then um, my son gets the the diamond for his bride Whoa. because uh, even though my husband came from affluence, he, his, he didn't have anything to give his bride. So my initial mm-hmm. ring, what he, he really wanted to pay for it out of his own and not his parents' money. Um, That's so sweet. It was very kind and very sweet, but as, as a girl who, <laughs> as a girl who had her own <laughs> woundings in that department, my expectations were... <laughs> We're not met. (laughs) God bless us. And so we knew that when we, if we knew we were going to have son and that we wanted to set that son up for success so that Mm. instead of carrying a wounding there into his marriage, that he and his wife could carry a a legacy, Mm. a legacy of valuing what, valuing the relationship, valuing the marriage, but also being okay with showing that with a beautiful ring Mm. and not that you have to earn it and not that you have to, like, um, work so hard mm-hmm, for it. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have to, that's great. My husband did work for our mm-hmm. second ring, but, um, we want, we want our kids to do better. Yeah. So that's a part of inheritance, right? Is like passing yes. on. So you don't have to do this. And so now that I'm remembering, so when the Lord said to put that on you, I didn't, I don't think I knew you well. No, that's no. so awkward. No. And we had hardly just barely talked about like my promise of marriage. And I think uh-huh. you had asked me and I was like, I'm waiting, you know, I'm, I'm trusting God. And then you were like, put this on. Was that so weird? No. Are you okay, kidding? Okay. The prophetic juices were flowing. And so I was like, yes, I will. I will. And it looks great. And it's so stunning. And it oh, is so something so that good. I would wear. I love, I love sapphires and I love that color. Oh. And so it was just this chunky, beautiful, oh, these stones. So- on my hand and I just didn't want to take it off. So I think that's so interesting because the unwhole me in that area, if I had ever gotten a ring that beautiful, I was still Mm. like wounded there. Mm. I would have never Mm. wanted to put it on someone else's finger because it was a mine and like, but then God heals and you're like, Oh, you can freely give what's yours. Like I don't have to, be insecure if you have a ring as beautiful or more beautiful than mine because it's what God gives you and it's awesome and I want to partner with that and like versus like when you you have this place in your heart that's that's that has an ownership based Mm -hmm. on a wound as Mm -hmm. opposed to an identity of who you are Mm -hmm. it's yeah would you say I mean it's kind of reminding me of like uh, almost a lack mindset of like Mm -hmm. well if if she has it, then I don't Mm -hmm. versus I actually already possess what this means. So I can give it away because giving this away in this moment actually isn't taking from me what is already mine. Yeah. And also, so like lack comes from fear Mm -hmm. and fear is not, is not of God. When Mm -hmm. you're in the fear territory, you, you are far away from, um, divine wisdom, just even, even right sight, Mm. like right spiritual sight. Mm. Um, and so this idea, it, it can't even be that like, if she has it, 
it's mine. But this whole like comparison thing is all based on fear kind of a thing. Yep. And when you truly don't, when it's so, it's so different when you, when all of a sudden you realize, oh, that's actually not there. <laughs> I don't have, I have zero, like people are always like, you're going to give your ring away to your son. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, are you going to get a replacement? And I go, I hope I will. But it doesn't, that's literally not my mindset. My mindset is we prayed we prayed for a heritage and God has mm. given us it. And we are so excited mm. to partake in it, you know, like, or, and, or you'll hear women say like, well, sh- she, you know, sh- that girl better earn it. She better be it. And I'm like, no, God, that's not kingdom. No, it's not. not it's at literally all. not. It's actually, no, we couldn't be more excited mm. for whoever God chooses to bless mm. with this ring because mm. that person's going to be part of our family and that person's going to be, joined with our son in the heritage. I don't know. It's just, it's just wild when all of a sudden you see in a different lens and you think, Oh my God, for all those years I was looking through like a completely wrong lens. Mm. So that's way off topic. It's not, we're right on topic. Listen, I'm about to jump into lenses, but let's (laughs) not because we actually have a little (laughs) bit of an agenda. So Brandy, I didn't say anything about myself. You didn't. I didn't. That's okay with me, but not I, with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I'm a phenomenally happily married woman. We've mm. been married for 21 years. We have three young children because we were infertile for 12 years of our marriage. Wow! And then God came through on promises. Um, and because we were infertile for so long, we uh, we got to do a lot of things early in marriage, like. I have three degrees and then mm. I got to go to ministry school and um, I got to teach for 10 years, which I loved. Mm. And then I got to become an attorney and advocate mm. and I loved that. Um, but I think I always knew it was leading to a life of ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I actually think that ministry and life go hand in hand. It's not like one or the other, but I also always knew I'd be public speaking and teaching, um, I was that girl like at slumber parties when you're a little kid, like <laughs> I can see it. Teaching see pulling it. out the Bible and teaching people probably bad theology at the time, but I was <laughs> I was so earnest. Um <laughs> and so, I know, bless those people. Um and so uh I just it, even though it seems like my my past has all these different roads, it they all lead towards mm. like the fulfillment of kind of what I was made for mm. and my husband similarly he's done multiple he has multiple degrees multiple jobs and it's interesting because we're starting to see it come together for him also into mm-hmm. what he was designed and made mm-hmm. for and when it when it just happened and I'm I'm really thankful that it didn't happen when I was younger because mm. when I was younger I was I was real graspy mm. real graspy like I the only thing I knew was that I had to work for things mm-hmm. and I was a good worker so um but I could then, see that. Yeah. But then you mellow out in your forties <laughs> and, um, it's not uh, really most everything I haven't worked for most everything it's been given to me. Mm. Now I, I do my very best to steward it well, but it's definitely not something that I grip. I don't have the grip holding tight to the ministry calling to part. the ministry, to the calling, to the, um, to my, even what I think my plan is or what I would like it to be mm-hmm. or, um, yeah, it's just, it's just far more relational and fluid mm-hmm. instead of 
instead of just rigid. Yep. I think, I think, I think there's great, great reasons to follow through with a plan. I don't think plans are bad, but in my case, they were definitely a crutch. Mm. Crutch. Yeah. A crutch. Interesting. Definitely like a, I'm going to prove my way. I'm going to mm. do it well. Right. I'm going to be the best at everything. Not because I wanted to be better at anyone that at it than anyone else, but because I didn't have value if I wasn't the best mm. in my own eyes. Kind right. Of thing. Right. Right. So. Own worst critic moments. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's really evident that you have a teaching gift and like a gift to, to speak and orate and you have such presence and conviction in what you know and what you study. But I also, one of the things I love about you is there's a, just a radical humility as well. Of like, I'm, I'm always a student. <laughs> I don't have this fully handled. Um, will you share a little bit? Because we are going to get into the word here in a minute yes. and we're going to talk concepts and theology and imagery and Hebrew and all the things. What? What has your experience been in studying the word or school or language or, or any of that? Okay, so um, I my bachelor's was in education. My mm. master's was in humanities. Lots mm. of reading, world texts all over. I wrote my thesis on Russian literature. So, um, And then we lived in Israel. Mm. Um, I did a study abroad project there. My husband lived there twice. He, um, he studies Hebrew. Mm. Um, I have my JD in law and then... Um, and my husband, his he's always had a background on Jewish roots of Christian faith. We got married under a hupa, which is a I love it. A Jewish canopy. Yes. And we served in the Jewish community, the Messianic Jewish community for four years right after we got married. When you were in Israel or uh, no, actually in Dallas, Texas. There's hmm. a beautiful messianic synagogue out there. Um and uh, the God God was just so great. He put us in charge of the bar and bat mitzvah program for four years, which is Whoa. insane. Um, and so we got to create curriculum and do <laughs> do that um, with such sweet people with the hearts for the Lord. But they also have a lot of knowledge of the mm -hmm. Old Testament, which I've always been attracted to. Like people say, are you an Old Testament or a New Testament girl? Okay, let me tell you. Jesus is. <laughs> okay. But my my favorite way to read about him is Old Testament, not mm. New Testament, right? It's just, I could just lose myself in the Old Testament. Mm. Um, and it's always been that way. So mm. um, I got saved when I was five, but my family didn't uh, didn't really go to church. For some reason, we were going to a Bible church for just like, I think about six months, maybe a year. I don't mm. remember, but I was real young. And they had an after school, uh, after church program called Awanas. And mm, in Awanas, Awana. you learn scripture and the mm. first scripture I memorized was John three sixteen, and for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life and when I memorized it I knew that I knew that I knew it was truth mm. and so I asked Jesus into my heart I asked to be baptized and I asked for a bible and we left the church and so I wasn't raised in the church mm. but I was raised with a bible yeah, and you were. um I'm a student so all that to say, everything that I've learned, I'm still learning. I'm definitely not an expert in any any way, but I'm also not scared of digging in. And I'm also not scared of getting it wrong because God, I think God honors the search and he, he has the ability to like clarify things as we go. Um, but I never want to come off as like, like even when you do Bible studies, I'm always like, so this is where I land. However, <laughs> always submit it to the Holy Spirit to see, like, yep. let him, him correct, let him guide, let him even redirect it because we're all on this journey of discovering him. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that is the definition of wisdom. I mean, to submit everything to the Lord, like the fear of the Lord, 
he that is the beginning of wisdom right there so you are a wise woman you're so fun proverbs 9 10 i wrote that down today boom for this i said i did I said, it's on my sheet i wrote today we're going to talk about wisdom oh i'm so glad because that is really really my heart for the podcast, but not just for the podcast, just what I feel called to speak about and teach about and cultivate is the wisdom that comes from God, mm-hmm. because it is not worldly wisdom. It is not fleshly wisdom. It is wisdom that is revealed by the spirit. Absolutely. And I th- I'm just going to say this. Please. I think sometimes wisdom is better received um, through different voices. And I think you have a good voice and demeanor to, to share wisdom because although you carry a lot of wisdom, it, you're not unapproachable and your voice is so inviting. So I think you're on the right track, girl. Keep going. Thanks, Brandy. Brandy always compliments my voice. She has me read scripture aloud in our group. (laughs) Margo, could you read? (laughs) Which is really, really fun actually. Um, so we're going to, We're going to touch on, I I mean, I have questions, but I really want to let you roll with this as well. I want to give a tiny bit of background why this even matters to me. Um, Doing this Genesis Bible study is like God's gift to me. And Brandy invited me. And it was an invite only kind of thing. And she's like, listen, Margo, it's going to be hardcore. (laughs) We're going to do two and a half hours every Monday night. And there's going to be homework. Like, are you ready for this? You can just imagine her with her, (laughs) the way she talks. And I was like, bring it. Because I was born for this. But back in, I guess it was right before Christmas and into the new year, God had brought me back into Genesis. And Genesis, especially 1, 2, and 3, have always been kind of a magnet for me. Really prophetically and with a lot of prophetic imagery, which is a lot of how God speaks to me through scripture. So I love to study the root words and I love to study like context and what the author was actually saying. And God uses scripture often really prophetically for my life and parallels and stuff that's going on in in my personal life and it was right at the beginning of the year I was about to launch into the podcast and I was praying about a name and I had a dream another dream about being at the bottom of the ocean and I'm walking around down there and I'm picking stuff up and I have a lot of dreams where I'm at the bottom of the sea or the bottom of a lake or something along those lines and I'm always breathing. It's like at the beginning of the dream, I'm like, I'm holding my breath and then I'm like, what am I doing that for? And I just start breathing and I walk around and do things. And at the end of this dream, when I woke up, I I remember God saying, you were made for family and you were made for the deep and you just stay there. And I thought, okay, God, I'll stay in the deep. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> and really he's just talking about being s- submersed in the the deep things of God, meaning the mysteries of God, the ancient wisdom that we find in scripture, walking with the Holy Spirit in the deep things, not being afraid to ask questions and be in the mysteries and stay in that space, but also teaching on the language of the unseen. It really is like learning it is like learning another language and it is learning to breathe underwater in a sense because it's just, um, it's a capacity you don't know you have until you spend a lot of time there. So all of that to say, when he brought 
up that I was born to be in the deep. I, I just kept thinking breathing underwater. That's what I do in these dreams. That's got to be the name. And in that same, it was a couple days that I was processing this. He brought me back to Genesis 1 and just had me at the very beginning of the creation story where in the beginning, you know, was God and just the imagery of him hovering over the waters and hovering over the deep and the void and the deep and the waters and the deep. And there's just, the deep is spoken about so often, I guess, depending on your translation that used that word being used but he was just really illustrating the deep is actually where we've come from the deep is actually more real and first and you know we can we can spend so much time trying to convince people that the unseen realm is real but it's ridiculous because it was it's so real and it's literally what birthed the natural realm, the actual physical realm was birthed from the unseen realm, that it was just his kindness in this moment to be like, you can do this. This is where you live. This is actually the most ancient place for all humanity. Like people, we we came from this place, from the unseen, like the deep is the beginning. And so let's just be a part of bringing that back into everyday language, everyday life. So because of that, coming into the Genesis class and especially Genesis 1, when you're having us read through the creation story and the different Hebrew words and what they mean and you're making these correlations, I was literally like, my jaw was hanging open and I was salivating. I'm like, this is such fascinating imagery because I love the idea of the unseen and that whole birthing process and our origin and there's so much imagery in this that, like you, I believe is literal, but there's a lot of different ideas and interpretations on that. So what I wanted to do was really just have a conversation around the unseen realm, the deep. Let's talk about what some of these words mean. What do you believe about this? Yeah. There. Well, okay. So a few things I wanted to say. Uh, can I comment on what you said? Yeah, please comment on it. And I didn't even say it like I really wanted to say it, but close enough. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> Um, so you said it's like learning a new language. I would propose that it's actually unlearning. Unlearning. It's actually unlearning because, mm. um, so we take on a lot of like habits and knowledge and practices mm. throughout life, um, that aren't necessarily from God, but we make them, we cling to them so deeply that it, it skews our view mm. and it, I, okay, it skews the way we see and it skews the way we hear. Mm -hmm. And so when I mm -hmm. approach scripture, I always ask God for eyes to see and ears to hear because we are conditioned to want to know. We are conditioned to want answers. Yep. But in my experience with God, for every answer I receive, probably 10, 20 questions. More arise. questions. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so if, if my goal is to understand what Genesis one, two and three are about, then in, in my understanding, I've missed, I've missed the mark. Hmm. Um, my goal is to understand. My goal is, I don't know if understanding is the right word, but my goal is to seek the face of the father mm -hmm. And humbly come before him mm -hmm. and look for his treasures. Um, you know, I want to be a friend of God. Mm. 
like Moses was called a friend of God, but not because he had all the answers. Um, he walked in obedience and he talked with God. He remained humble. And I mean, when he misinterpreted and he did things wrong and he, there was a consequence like Moses took it. Mm-hmm. Um, he understood a relationship with yep, God that relationship. I'm not sure that we commonly do. And so the idea, particularly when we, when we go back to like Genesis one, two and three, it's this idea instead of like learning a new language for me, it's like unlearning a lot mm-hmm. and just laying bare before the Lord and saying, mm-hmm. okay, what is this? And I mean, Genesis is such a hot topic because you have more than one religion that reads it and abides it by true, Holy Scripture. True, true. Um, you have a lot of ancient, ancient extra biblical texts mm. that um, can play the way, can can like inform the way that you read it. Um, and then you have modern theologies. You have like, you, you can read Genesis as like a thematic thing. There's a whole you can you can mm-hmm. down go down the whole road of like everything in Genesis everything in the Bible is thematic God's repeating a story over and over again here's where it goes I mean you can approach Genesis as this is scientific fact and God wrote it as science you can approach Genesis as absolutely not scientific fact and God was actually just more or less letting you know his heart for humanity you can go down Genesis and think like well these are all just archetypal images mm-hmm. like they're not even like there isn't a real Adam there isn't a real Eve mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I will say this is part of where God's used my like my education background is I've had I've been in rooms with lots of important people mm-hmm. with people that make decisions for our country and um, I mean I used to clerk for the federal courts mm-hmm. I um, and that they're all m- my experience was wonderful it was absolutely wonderful but when you're in the academic field, you're in you're in a room with a lot of people that are very intelligent, but I'm not sure wisdom is the voice they're listening to. Mm. And you get a lot of that surrounding Genesis. Mm. A lot of people want to nail it down and mm. make it comfortable for them mm. and be able to explain mm-hmm. it. And that's just not where I think the deep is. Yep. I think yes. the deep is in being able to hold the tension of, I don't know, Lord. Yes. What are you saying here? Yes. And the if mystery. You're that, are you really saying that? If you're saying that, what does the rest mean? Like, yes, yeah. I love it. And I just want to, <clears throat> I just want to clarify something I just said, because I think it's important to delineate. When I was talking about learning the new language, mm-hmm. I meant more in the realm of learning unseen communication versus scripture. Got it. And, but it goes in tandem with what you were saying, because Similarly, when you were talking about kind of unlearning, especially to approach scripture, because we have all of our, (laughs) we have all of our lenses and all of our thoughts of what we think and our own context, which is very different than the context of who this was written for and who wrote this. Um, So we do have to unlearn that kind of stuff. But I would even say that applies to how I was intending that because we are, I don't know if this is like a Western thing or, you know, we talk about Greek mindset or if this is um, just a human nature thing, but we are literally schooled to exercise logic and trusting what we can see and what we can touch. And if we can't measure it and prove it, then it's probably not true, right? Which is of course- 100%. That's how we are taught. So we're grown up, we're growing up and if we don't have people or places 
inviting us in to learn how to strengthen the the faculties that are our senses and are learning to hear the voice of God and is is paying able to pay attention to the unseen. Like if we're not exercising those muscles in the unseen like we do with the seen, then it is learning a new language or or letting those faculties have weight. Mm-hmm. And the unseen realm is primarily sensed. Some people might see it with the naked eye, but you know, we're seeing it often with the spiritual eye or we're feeling it or we have that inner knowing like our spirit is picking it up. Um, Some people probably physically discern. Absolutely. But it's something that happens a with receiving of the Holy spirit or the baptism of the Holy spirit also amplifies that or a particular gift of discernment. But I think that all humans have the capacity to operate in. Well, God says that he put the, no- the knowledge of himself in all men. Yeah. So yeah. whether like, I'm not sure if, yes, I agree with what you're saying. I, I, I think, so when you said a minute ago, you said something about um, logic and mm. knowledge. Mm. So when we, when we're in Genesis three and we talk about Adam and Eve mm. and that when, I think it's like three, six, when, when Eve says that she saw the, tree and it was it was it was good but Mm -hmm. it was good for making her wise Mm -hmm. that word is not wise that Mm -hmm. we think that's what we translate it but it's not wisdom because think about it this way god says that the fear of god is the beginning Beginning of of wisdom wisdom. well eve wasn't fearing god she actually was going against god um and so what is that word then if it's not wisdom it's um, so it's kind of hard to translate. It's mm-hmm. an it's kind of mm-hmm. if you look it up, if you go back into the Hebrew, mm-hmm. they will say that that particular word. It's that word's used multiple times in Scripture, but where it's used there and a few other places, it's kind of hard to discern the exact meaning. Mm-hmm. The way I read it, mm-hmm. after not just alone, but with all my Scripture reading, mm-hmm. the way that I read that is, it was knowledge that. Adam and Eve were not meant to have. So that's a modern way of saying that. It's like, there's lots of facts out there, mm-hmm. but that we, we mess up when we think the facts equal truth. <laughs> Come on. And when we think that we were made to know all the facts, yeah. like if, when we, we don't even have the ability yet to discern in what order the facts are important. Like th- th- in that moment, they, Adam and Eve were trading a wisdom hmm. or the beginning of wisdom for facts and logic. And um, I do think God can speak in logic. I am not limiting God's ability to speak. I am saying that the path to God is not through fact. And if we try to, if we try to approach Genesis and like, this is a fact, we might get a little off course because we're not God. And to, and, and to think that he wrote it exactly one way and have only one dimension to mean only one thing. That's not the nature of God's word, period. Also to think that he doesn't mean what he says is also error. Mm -hmm. Like you can't read scripture and think, well, he doesn't mean what he says. Like, oh no, be let's let's come humbly before the throne like he he's the author we better ask his opinion yeah yeah 
Okay, so do you want to do Genesis 1 in the deep? I really do, but this just spurred another moment. <laughs> no, ahead. I love it so much because it reminded me of what you said. And this is this is really what I want. I just want to have a conversation about this today. So we, we might be jumping all over the place. Okay. Um, but just now when you were talking about the knowledge that we weren't meant to have, mm-hmm. uh, a couple podcasts back, I guess seven now, I had had a really specific dream about the sacredness of dream interpretation and just knowing God's voice and keeping it holy in this place and how it had been burglarized by sorcery. So I, I love that released language an, burglarized by sorcery. Margo. Oh, I mean that's you have such good words. That came from my dream. It was the exact imagery that he gave me and used <laughs> the picture and the word bur- burglarized, which is why, yes, because. God was naming the spirit that was behind this. Yeah. But thank you. Um, And in that, I felt the Lord drawing me again to this Adam and Eve story. And exactly like you just said, like there was this temptation in that moment for knowledge that was outside of relationship with God. Like they're walking with the source of all wisdom, literally in relationship with them right there, face-to-face oneness. And there was this temptation to go after knowledge that was outside of relationship and the tendency in the world to go after information over intimacy and it just reminds me of what you just said yeah and also in our modern world it's this idea that like so we were just on vacation we went up to a northern coastal town and um we had, we loved, when we go places, we love to just honor the people that are serving us. And so we had a waitress and we were asking her about herself and you're just honoring her. And, and she started talking about the spirit. Mm. Well, the spirit led me here. The spirit um, did this and did that. And the words sounded okay, but my internal Holy Spirit was saying, hey, listen closely. Just listen. Yeah. And I listened and I took it away and I was like, Lord, what? what are you saying? And he reminded me that a couple of years ago I was, I was with him in a worship um, setting and uh, he said, Brandy, look, look up the word holy. Mm. And so I started looking up the word holy and he goes, I'm like, look, look it all up Lord. And he was like, yep, look at every one of them. So I looked up every occurrence I could find of holy. And, 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 I, and he was like, now what do you see? Do some deduction here. What do you see? And I'm like listening everything I see, like all the characteristics, like what is. And he's like, still not there. Keep going. And I'm like listening more, listening more. Mm. Like, and he's like, keep going, Brandy. And I'm like, what on earth are you trying to tell me, Lord? And he was like, so the demonic or the satanic are never holy is not used with them ever. Mm. And I was like, oh. And he so we we. We're talking to this waitress and afterwards and asking the Lord about it. And he goes, remember what I taught you a couple of years ago? Holy. What did she call the voice that was leading her? And I said, the spirit. And he goes, yeah, she didn't say the Holy Spirit. Mm. So I, I say that story in that we live in a culture that wants to be guided by spiritual things, mm-hmm. but they don't want to. I don't know if wants they're they're misguided in thinking that all spiritual things are good. Yeah. But just because it's true is, can you be guided by spirits? I 100% believe you can. Can uh, you engage with the spiritual realm through many forms and fashions? 100%. Absolutely. The problem is, is that God made a way to do it. And, and I I think it's always important to note that there was more than one tree in the garden. Mm -hmm. 
um, so often you see this, these pictures of a Adam and an Eve in this one tree and a snake, like a boa constrictor going up a bit. And I don't think that's... Like the two trees, the knowledge of good and evil, and then the tree of life. There's yes. just the two. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there were tons of trees that were given for food. Right. Including right. the tree of life. Right. But just like in genealogies in scripture, not everyone's mentioned in the genealogy. Totally. Not every tree was mentioned of the Garden of Eden, but the two that were mentioned were significant. Mm -hmm. But we often always concentrate on the one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like when you see, like even like modern products like Apple and they have the bite of the apple. It's, all throughout the world you see this like pull towards the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. I don't know all the reasons it was there. I don't even, I wouldn't even presume to think I know. Um, I do think it's super interesting that the scripture says that it was it was go it it was good. There were good aspects to that tree. It mm -hmm. wasn't this like evil looking thing. Like and it also just wasn't like, oh, it's so delightful she can't resist. Right. No, like it was aware that there was something not okay there. But what I think super interesting is the result of the fruit. Yes, did their bodies begin to decay? Did the did the cycle of death hmm. become permanent at that point? Yes, for for most everybody, right? But their eyes were opened, mm. and what they saw was true. They weren't. It was true that they were naked, but God's response was, "Who told you that?" Hmm. Not because He didn't know who told it to Him, but He's trying. I think He's trying to make Adam and Eve realize. That wasn't your business. It mm. was never your concern. Mm. That was my burden to carry, not yours. Mm. And in the midst of in the midst of the exchange, they got fact. Uh -huh. Yeah, they got fact. But that fact led them farther and farther away from the truth. Mm -hmm. That fact led mm -hmm. them to like. It, it literally lent, lent them to the physical world. It's mm. the first thing they noticed was a physical thing. Mm. They didn't notice a spiritual thing. They didn't notice the, their disconnection with God. Mm. They didn't notice that um, they felt, it says they, they were ashamed, but the first thing it says is they noticed they, they were, were naked. naked. Immediately our, their eyes, their vision, their uh, energy went to the physical realm. Wow. I am not a believer that we're supposed to, like dismiss the physical God no, put us in physical beings not. and it it's delightful and there's purposes yes. for him, but it's not the highest form of truth. The highest form is the spiritual. And when the farther away we get, like that's what I mean by unlearning. Like we have to unlearn this yep. idea that like, yep. And it's so interesting that attacks on people often come in the physical form because there's such a distraction mm. when I physically suffer mm -hmm. it's hard it's hard for me to get beyond my physicalness totally to get into the spiritual the truth is that the spiritual is I don't know if you would say more true higher true yeah it's higher yep. true yes and my problems are not going to be solved in the physical realm yes you can't read Genesis in the creation story without recognizing the influence of the unseen and the spirit. 100%. And this is before the actual physical is that as we know it is is created, right? And what you just named with the Adam and Eve and the transaction with the apple and the first thing they noticed being the physical, man, I feel 
the Holy Spirit on that so much. And I think one of the reasons this is so important is because those of us who are following Jesus, we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We're all learning to continue to discern things of the mm-hmm. Spirit and and what it means to see in the unseen. And I think there's probably a lot of people listening who are even new to operating in this gift or like my story where I was operating in it so long, but I, it was never named. It was never validated. Yeah. It was totally pushed back on by a spirit of religion and doubt and honestly just... When I say when I say logic, I mean more like human logic because 100%. I 100% yes. think God operates in logic. It's very it's very logical when we learn God's logic, you know, mm-hmm. but it isn't always just appealing to the linear left brain way of saying seeing things, which is a, a way that we are we're taught to see and deduce. So I guess in that there are so there's so much coming against us believing and trusting and learning to value and validate spiritual information in our own lives. Oh, that was probably just uh, this. Oh, it was probably just physical. I probably just made that up. Oh, this thing is happening. It couldn't have a spiritual root. That's over-spiritualizing it. Mm-hmm. And and let me just say as a disclaimer, I understand there are people who over-spiritualize things where, you know, it's a little bit much. Like they're putting meaning on something that isn't actually there. But <laughs> everything is connected to the spirit. And so there are these phrases that I think we even pass around in church and mindsets about like, oh, they're over-spiritualizing that or, oh, you know, we just, that's too woo-woo, they're too out there. That is actually paying a disservice to those of us who are learning to operate and live and perceive this realm that was first, that is a higher truth. Well, that was just a fun conversation. And I did kind of let it just end abruptly there because there is not a signing off with Brandy. We have more that I'm going to bring in in future episodes and she is going to be back on the show. There's actually so much more. That girl and I can talk. So I have a lot more coming uh, from her. So I wanted to just highlight this portion today because we are talking about the deep. And the way that Genesis 1 speaks about the deep is so fascinating to me. And it really illustrates this truth of how we need to be paying um, attention, but giving credit and paying homage to the unseen realm. That everything that we see came first from the unseen. That God is spirit and the natural world was born of the spirit. It's crazy, but it is true. That at the very beginning, the most ancient truth is spiritual truth it is spiritual wisdom this is important as we are learning to interpret our dreams because we're getting spiritual intel even if God is speaking to us about emotional things or things of the soul or things that are going to happen in the natural realm they are still born of the spirit this wisdom is delivered by the spirit and the truths that he shows us are so often so deep under the surface that they confront what our eyes actually see but that is a part of walking with God in wisdom is recognizing that he sees what's below the surface and it is one of the more challenging things and I would say probably a lifelong journey for all of us to really put our faith put the weight of our decisions and our trust in what God says that is not seen with the eye. Because scripture says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things unseen, not seen with the eye. And like we said last week when we read 1 Corinthians 2, what no eye has seen or ear has heard, that's what the Spirit reveals to us, even the depths of God. 
So we are learning and we are walking together to continue to keep each other on track. Like, hey, some of this spiritual truth and some of this spiritual intel is going to really be confronting to our natural mind. But this is actually a higher wisdom. This truth is actually higher than fact. Man, this is something I'm walking out all the time. And I think we are always walking out together. But really wanted to make a point of that today as we go deeper, as we delve more into dream interpretation. I am going to sign off for today. And if you are enjoying this podcast, would you just hit the subscribe button that is on your app of choice, whichever you're using for podcasts. And would you leave me a review? Because the more reviews and the more subscriptions, actually the the higher on the list, if you will, this podcast gets. And I am really just concerned that this gets to the people that God is wanting it to get to. And sometimes it can get buried out there in the land of podcasts. So that would really do the podcast a service. And until next time, as always, happy dreaming. Thank you.